Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Robert Sala, you're right. Your offense and your quarterback is dog bleep. Christian Cat hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. I think that we have all seen enough of the Zach Wilson experience. Ha, huh, but he's only in his second year. Ha, huh, you gotta give him time. I'm sorry. That, that is not an NFL quarterback. Oh, but the Dolphins gave Tua, t- don't you dare disrespect Tua Tungavailoa like that. He was not overthrowing the hitches. You want to talk about his arm strength, he's not four-hopping intermediate throws. He's not throwing for negative 21 yards an entire half of football. Don't you dare put Tua Tungavailoa's name in the same sentence as Zach Wilson after yesterday. That was, in the words of Robert Sala, dog bleep. Ken Levick alive on a Monday here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. We are not in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, off of the cloudy and rainy intracoastal. That is the silent assassin Christian Cat, Stone Lebanowitz, Radio Life Partner, Friday Night Lights, and myself, Ken Levicka. We are field tripping today. We are at Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach, US 1, Crystal Cove, Commons, because we we are ready to watch the United States and Wales as the Americans get their World Cup going. All the games are on. The TVs are on. As soon as Stone and I are done, the pints are coming. Oh, yeah. And we are going to watch the U.S. start the World Cup, their run in the World Cup. That makes me nervous, makes me uncomfortable. The stomach is churning. This happens to me every single time the U.S. is in a World Cup. And it was almost a nice reprieve with Russia to not have the U.S. in the World Cup because <laughs> I could watch it relaxed, no worries, no issues. But now it's back. The, oh, I don't know, casual diarrhea. The, the churning of the insides as I approach a massive U.S. match. Yeah, you just did something. So you stuttered when you said it's USA's turn to, and you went with start yeah. instead of when. I know. So it kind of just goes to show how nervous you actually <sighs> are. Well, by that, I mean, I, I need them to get into the knockout <laughs> right. stage or else this is a failure. <laughs> um, but we are going to, to talk a lot of World Cup because at 1 o'clock it starts Stars and Stripes today. The only English language terrestrial radio show in South Florida for the World Cup. Myself, Julian Zaldivar, and Ilias Bustamante will bring that to you here from Stormhouse Brewing in advance of the U.S. and Wales at 2 o'clock. So we are at Stormhouse Brewing, and uh, I uh, this warmed my heart yesterday. And I've already conceded, you know that, Stone, that the Jets are good. Right. That I believe in the Jets. And Brees Hall got hurt, and then I didn't believe in the Jets anymore. <laughs> but then they came back and beat the Bills, so I was forced to believe in them because Robert Salas just a damn good coach in that defense. I'm ready to say it. That defense is elite level. The Jets' defense is elite, and they showed it again yesterday against the Patriots. There was one reason, and one reason only, why the New York Jets lost yesterday 
It was not that their special teams failed on the game-winning 84-yard punt return touchdown with five seconds left to go. That was not the reason they lost. The reason they lost was a quarterback out of BYU who has still only played one good quarter in his entire career. That was the fourth quarter against the Pittsburgh Steelers all the way back on October the 2nd. And is best known for sleeping with his mom's best friend, and that is Zach Wilson. He was bad, and I mean bad, bad, and I mean incompetent bad. As bad as he was, I would be thinking today that the front office has had to at least have the discussion, hey, how do we approach the draft at the quarterback position? Zach Wilson is bad, and I mean bad, bad, and I mean arguably worst quarterback in the NFL, and I mean, as Evan Cohen said, maybe ninth best quarterback in the AFC East. So here's how bad. Zach Wilson's first 20 career starts are a little too close to Jamarcus Russell's for comfort. So, And he's not even 300 pounds. So He's actually in shape. Here's a comparison between the two in their first 20 starts. So you're looking at yards per attempt. They're identical. 6.2. Same exact. You get a touchdown-interceptions ratio. Here's where it gets a little weird. Jamarcus Russell is better. Then Zach Wilson with a 15 to 3 compared to Zach's 13 to 6. When you go down to passer rating, they're both identical at 70.6. So when you go like in their career, in their first 20 starts of their career, he is he has 13 touchdowns in 20 starts. Yep, and he has 16 interceptions in those 20 starts, and he has three touchdown passes this year. That is correct. Three, three, three. So when we're talking about whether we should bench this guy or not, just think about what we did to Jamarcus Russell. We're looking at the same. We shunned him. We shunned him. We ran him out of the league. We One did. of the biggest embarrassments in history. We did. Now, don't think that Robert Sala didn't see this. Now, talk <laughs> about a difference in opinion. Yesterday, after the game, Zach Wilson was asked about whether or not he felt as if the offense and he himself held the Jets back. Now, I will go ahead and answer it for him. Yes, yes, you did, unequivocally. You, your offense, that side of the ball, but really specifically you, Zach. Yes, you held back your team yesterday. You are the reason your team lost yesterday. But, 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 Zach Wilson had a little different view of the matter. This was Zach Wilson yesterday when asked if he felt that the Jets offense, and he in particular, had something to do to be held responsible for the Jets' loss to the Patriots. As an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. No. Let's hear that one more time because I heard, I heard a no, no out of Zach Wilson's I think mom. I might have. I, I just want to be sure. I want to be sure I heard this correctly. Here's Zach Wilson again when he was very appropriately asked, hey, you only scored three points. You didn't do a whole lot. Do you feel responsible for this loss? As an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. No. Zach, the proper response to that is yes. Yes. Because you can't stand there at that podium as an NFL quarterback, as a member of that locker room, as a player who plays for a team in that city and think that you're getting away with just pawning off responsibility for what happened yesterday. Forget the play on the field. His mannerisms and what he said at the podium, 
that's just as bad, if not more unprofessional, than what Zach Wilson did on the field playing the quarterback position against the Patriots yesterday. To be honest, I've never seen more of an alley-oop of a question. It's easy. Yeah, yes, yes, I take responsibility. We've got to be better. That, and I've never played football outside of JV in high school, and I even know that that's the proper way to go about it. You played the quarterback position at the Division One level. For sure, I would have been glad to have been asked that question like if that was an opportunity i would have been like boy oh boy i mean when you go through what i did today there was this misthrow and that misthrow and this misthrow and the defense was helping me out all that's the thing you talk about the defense too you say man the defense was outstanding played their ass put us in a position to win and we didn't do enough that's the way you answer that it's so easy so easy (laughs) it is one of the easiest questions to answer considering you went nine of 22 with 77 yards of course no touchdowns i mean Nine completions <laughs> in a game, singled, and, and, and then he went on to explain, well, guys, it was pretty windy out there. Holy Lord, could you imagine if Tua went to a podium and tried to make an excuse oh that he goodness. was 9 of 22 because the wind was too strong? What about these AFC East teams and the weather? Uh, yeah, where is, the, where is this discussion about Zach Wilson? Uh, <laughs> and, oh, I want to see what happens in the Blustery winter conditions. <laughs> in the we've already we've already been we've already had two it discounted all year because oh what happens in November and December? Well hell it can't be any worse than what Zach Wilson did yesterday. It can't be any worse. And then to take no responsibility None. is insane. It's absolute insanity. And all season long, we've been nitpicking certain throws between Tua Tungavailoa, Josh Allen, and a lot of these quarterbacks, right? Because that's you what see, we do now, right? It's of annoying. Course. It, it, it's throw by throw, but we'll see Josh Allen move outside the pocket, throw a dirt ball, right? It's something that generates a lot of likes, a lot of retweets. Tua Tungavailoa under throws, of course, it gets put out there. But what Zach Wilson did on a check down to Braxton Berrios. Holy Lord. One of the most viral clips of the game, I, I, I think. Maybe of the year. Uh, Should be. Of the year when you go in Braxton Berrios' stat line. So it's one target, zero receptions. And what was that yards. target, Stone? <laughs> what was that target? If you could recount the target, please. It was an eight-yard check down <laughs> where he smoked it. So he's just not running a route. He's there as your safety blanket if you need to pick up he's two or three. He's just standing in the flat. And Zach Wilson doesn't set his feet, turns to Braxton, throws it eight yards past the sidelines out of bounds and it's just the total total depiction of what he uh, put out on the field yesterday are we surprised though that zach wilson can handle a slam dunk from the media when he can't even throw (laughs) six yards to the flat he throws it eight yards over the head of braxton barriers right i mean that is that's malpractice on zach wilson's part listen to his coach uh his coach luckily has no problem being a professional and has no problem uh, speaking the truth. Forget what I said about his receipts because the man has already proven himself after what I thought was a very reckless receipts comment several weeks ago. He has performed. His coaching staff has performed. That defense has performed. So that was Zach Wilson's first question of his media availability. Do you feel like you let the team down, that you're responsible? No, no. Here's what his coach, Robert Sala, had to say about the offensive performance yesterday. Let's hear it one more time as Robert Sala, after Zach Wilson said, ah, we're not responsible for the loss on the offensive side of the ball, his head coach begged to differ by calling the performance dog bleep. Here's Robert Sala. Second half, especially the all-time seven possessions, only two total yards. Um, it was dog. 
I mean, it's perfect. There's nothing, for whatever reason, that hits home more than calling something, and I don't think the phrase is used enough, dog bleep. <laughs> You're right. It's like, not doesn't used Doesn't it enough. really, like, you hear that, and it has an impact on you. You feel something. He could have said, we were terrible. We were bad. But he went with dog bleep, and that drives it home that much more. That's exactly what that performance was, especially from Zach Wilson. Dog bleep. I mean, think about the two extremely opposite responses. They couldn't be farther away from each other. As far as dog bleep, and no, nah, it nah, wasn't. Nah, we, nah. I didn't let the offense down. The quarterback, nah, I didn't let the offense down. The head coach, yeah, the whole thing was dog bleep. <laughs> like, it couldn't be any different, and they're standing at the same podium. They watched the same game. They were part of the same game. Now, this is something that us, right, as radio guys, you'll see it on television, like, we like to dissect things that maybe sometimes shouldn't be dissected. No, this is something <laughs> you dive into. <laughs> yeah. Because it shows you what kind of relationship these two have. Right. And it's not a good one. And there are multiple reports, too, from ESPN this morning that that locker room. No doubt. There are players that are reaching out to media members to express how unhappy they are with Zach Wilson's demeanor and his words yesterday after the game. So it's clear that that locker room holds someone responsible and that head coach holds someone responsible and that person who they're holding responsible doesn't hold himself responsible. That's a massive problem. Massive, massive, massive. Okay, so you asked me, right, what it was like even being a quarterback. Trust me, I've had plenty of bad games where I've yeah. had to go to the po podium <laughs> more more often than not. Dude, what's it like first when you walk through that locker room to get to the podium? So, so that's where I'm going to go. So if you're Zach Wilson, for you to say no and then – I guess not consciously think that you're going to have to show up to the locker room or this isn't going to get out. That scares me because if it were me, kid who just played college football, didn't even play at the pros at all, I would have been in my head thinking, okay, I have to walk to the locker room. Yeah. I have to see some of these defensive players right. answer this question correctly. Like that, it would have been a five to ten second flash running through my head before I actually answered. For him not to do that, it's what I hinted to the other day. It's that main character syndrome. Like he felt disrespected by that reporter and was trying to cover himself up. Like, no, dude, it ain't about me. Yeah. That's just, not the time to feel it's, disrespect, it's man. It's not. It's not. Whatsoever it's not. But for the, the fact that you have to go confront some of these defenders and some of the coaching staff and your quarterback coach and your OC, and for you to say no, it just shows a complete neglect for care. You don't give a damn. You just no. want to cover yourself up. It is a terrible look on his part. And that offense was dog bleep. because That <laughs> game, let's be clear, and I like defense, but that game was dog bleep. Watching Zach Wilson versus Mac Jones <laughs> – I would have legitimately rather gone into my yard yep. in the rain and picked up the dog bleep from my dogs in the yard than be subjected to an overtime period. So thank God for the Patriots special team, right. who, by the way, got away with a massive, I mean gigantic, unnecessary block in the back of the five-yard line. That is That was malpractice, and the officials were like, let's just go home, please. That's what I'm saying. It was for all the world to see. Everybody watching, everybody in the stadium, we all saw the block in the back, but nobody was upset. The it officials were like, like, I'm taking the suspension right. for you guys. For sure. Give me the fine as long as this game is over. Oh, man. The Jets offense in particular, what a bunch of dog crap. Even if Zach Wilson doesn't want to take responsibility, what an elite piece of dog crap that was. Robert Sala is right, and Robert Sala has every reason to be upset, and the Jets front office has every reason to start thinking, you know, this probably isn't the dude. It's one thing for a guy to, to really struggle and to not make much progress. It's another thing for him to do those things and then not accept any responsibility for it whatsoever. Because it goes past, does he have an ability to play on the field? And it goes into a discussion about character. Sure. And that 
is a gigantic, gigantic problem. And that was part of the reason Robert Sala was brought in because there were major character problems in that locker room. I think the second characteristic of a quarterback is how he handles adversity. Mm -hmm. That's as a head coach, especially someone like Sala who's super militaristic. How is my guy going to handle adversity? But he also he comes off as a player's coach, though. He's like a weird mix of militaristic, but also he's kind of a dude. I agree. I agree. Like, there's a balance. It was. It, I almost said Rex Ryan. I don't think Rex Ryan was militaristic. <laughs> Absolutely I think, not. I think instead of militaristic, Robert Sala is regimented. He's regimented, but he's a dude. And if you're a regimented coach... You expect somebody yeah. on the team, especially the most important position on the field, to handle adversity. And if that's how he's going to handle it after putting up 103 total yards of offense, 44 of those passing, come on, man. I think that someone like Garrett Wilson, who was very vocal about how upset he was, Jets wide receiver yesterday, uh, where he says, hey, hopefully this opens the eyes of some of the people in our building. we got to open it up. He knows. That's him acknowledging we're the problem. We screwed that up. And I wonder, because those are cryptic words, is he talking about the quarterback? Is he talking about the play calling? He's clearly frustrated. Zach Wilson, he's advocating himself of any responsibility in that side of the ball. Garrett Wilson's approach, probably not the way to go about it either. But at least he's acknowledging, yeah, we are the reason we lost this game. Yeah, and we already went through this with Elijah Moore. Who doesn't want to play with Zach Wilson for a reason? When he was asked, you know, what is your chemistry? like with your quarterback. I don't what know. Is he like throw him the ball. I don't know. Like, come on, man. That's immature. But how can you? How can you sit here and continue to criticize it? game his entire year exactly and Elijah's the one who has to practice with him each and every day he's the one who has to watch him go through seven on seven drills not knowing certain coverages there's a video out there if you're a Twitter person check out Dan Orlovsky he talked about does Zach Wilson actually know the playbook and he breaks down a simple man read where his eyes should be and they're just not there yeah. they're just not stuff there. that and, and key me in stuff that even at the the late high school level those are things you should be able to read right away right 100 percent. so a lot of the times coaches will split the field in half so you got a man side zone side if you're getting zone your eyes start on the right if you're getting man your eyes start on the left okay. his eyes aren't starting on the correct <laughs> side when he was getting man coverage they're starting on. in the back of his head just starting scrambled like he's just not going through the progression correctly and it's out in broad daylight nowadays with how we do things on social media and how everybody's watching every little thing. You can't hide Zach Wilson. This is a very bad look and probably the end. Who and what team, who or what team gave the dog bleep performance of the weekend? Because Zach Wilson, that in the words of his head coach, was dog crap. That was as bad as it gets, especially in the second half. Oh, but the win. Oh, stop. Because Tua, I mean, there were people openly cheering for the win to defeat him in Buffalo <laughs> and uh, in New England this year. Stop it. If Tua said that, like Zach Wilson said, made that an excuse, I mean, he would be crucified. It would be the first seven topics on first take for five straight days. So Zach Wilson was absolute dog crap absolute dog crap who or what team was the dog crap recipient of the weekend 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 tweeted us at klv1063 that's 888-760-3776 who was the one who uh, committed the most 
dog crap performance <laughs> of the weekend. Which person, which team? There are many nominees for this. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. So we've discussed Zach Wilson. We discussed, uh, discussed the Jets' offense as a whole. What dog crap did you see this weekend that stands out, Stone? So mine was Saturday night. So you go to South Carolina. They take on uh, Tennessee. Yep. Right, a team that we've, I think is America invited in with open arms. Like, People want to see yes. They're rooting for Tennessee because it's been a long time, right. and it's a good story. It's just such a great story. And they're right? fun. They're so fun. They're so electric on offense. Josh Heupel's done so many good things. Hendon Hooker catapults himself as the Heisman favorite. Here they are with an easy path to the playoff. Michigan's going to lose to Ohio State. TCU is eventually going to lose to somebody. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> they keep doing the same thing over and over, but I'm excited for it, right? I tune in. Everybody's over at the house. Cannot wait to watch Tennessee beat up on Spencer Rattler in South Carolina. Who Spencer Rattler, who has been, well, he's had his moments of dog crap through the course of the year. Last week, <laughs> the punter for South Carolina actually had more passing yards, <laughs> yeah. finished the game with yeah. more passing yards yeah, than Spencer Rattler. not good. What does he come in and do? 30 of 37, 438 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions, and Tennessee gets the absolute doors blown off of the barn. 30-point loss. They gave up 68 points. They gave up 63 points. Or 63 it, points, it, Yeah, it wasn't exactly 20. So 63 to 38. Absolutely getting curb stomped. Playoff hopes gone for me. Qualifies as dog crap. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I get with Hooker going down with the torn ACL, maybe there's a mental component there. But you can't go to South Carolina and you can't allow that offense that has done nothing all year long to do that. I mean, that is flaming out of the college football playoff in spectacular fashion. And to me, I, doesn't it sort of spoil their year like sure you've got the memories of the field goal the the win uh, over Alabama but what's going to be more remember the win over Alabama or the epic face plant that you suffered against South Carolina this Uh, is how we will remember the season yeah they lost after that Alabama win what did they do they they lost they they won the next week against a lower end mid-major a group of five yeah for uh, UT Martin yeah UT Martin and then they lost two of three in blowout fashion yeah got spanked by Georgia and here they are Kentucky and then they get absolutely slammed by South Carolina sure so it's a good point you bring up like it is a failure because this is how I will remember this Tennessee volunteer season in five years because people wanted to get behind Tennessee because it was even though it's the SEC it's sort of a changing of the guard. It's new blood in the SEC. They it slayed the dragon, good. right? Exactly. They took down Nick Saban and all of that good stuff. What do you do? You go out, lose wire to wire. It wasn't like Hendon Hooker went down and the game was over. They were already down 14 yeah. at that point. So he tears his ACL. He gets sad. Spencer Rattler, who I can't name you one person, one fan besides somebody in South Carolina who likes this kid. He's the ultimate villain. The NIL steals a lot of money. He's had an awful season. Draft stock gone. Heisman odds before the season gone and he spoils, I think, everybody's season at this point. So Tennessee, dog crap to me. Whose dog crap stood out the worst to you this weekend? And again, hat tip to Robert Sala for the key word (laughs) on this Monday. What dog crap stood out to you most this weekend? For me, it is Zach Wilson as a whole. It is that Jets offense. I mean, just deplorable, just abhorrent. That was not NFL football yesterday. And then for Zach Wilson to have the goal, I mean the goal, to not take any responsibility for it, that is the epitome of weak. And for Stone, Tennessee, 
getting 63 dropped on him by South Carolina and being catapulted out of the college football playoff discussion. Think about it. Three weeks ago, they were number one. They were number one in the entire country, and now there is no chance that they get into the college football playoff. They get slammed by South Carolina. Dog crap. Who is the biggest example? What was the biggest example team-wise of dog crap this weekend in sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Stone and I are hanging out at Stormhouse Brewing, North Palm Beach, Crystal Cove Commons, US1, half mile south of PGA Boulevard. Starting to have some fans roll in here, the United States and Wales. It is the opening round of the group's stage for the United States. It's a two o'clock start. So here's what you do. You take a late lunch, okay? You say, oh, I've got a meeting. And you leave the office. Oh, I'm going to work from home. And you come to Stormhouse Brewing. They've got Wi-Fi here. If you want to bust out the laptop, so be it before two o'clock. But come out. They've got the crafted beers here at Stormhouse Brewing. Uh, It is a full beer menu. Their master brewer, by the way, trained in Germany. Trained in Germany. This is authentic as it gets we right had some here meat pies at Stormhouse week. Brewing. And speaking of the English meat pies that, by the way, were double the size of Stone's head. <laughs> Two of Stone's head, and that's a big meat pie because Stone has a big head. Two big stone heads of English meat pie. They have a full food menu. They are a craft brewery with a full food menu at Stormhouse Brewing. Just so happens, and let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I see 15 TVs in here at Stormhouse Brewing. There is not a bad seat in the house. Plenty of seating at the bar. Plenty of seating in the seating area. You can stand. You can watch the games. You can have a pint. That's what you do on this Monday. And the best part is... Stone and I are here, and we're going to be watching the U.S. and Wales here at Stormhouse Brewing, North Palm Beach, Crystal Cove Commons. You can't miss it. Half mile south of PGA Boulevard on U.S. 1. That's Stormhouse Brewing. Come hang and watch USA and Wales with us. And don't forget, don't forget, Friday, Black Friday, there's no excuses. When the U.S. takes on England, it's going to be the highest rated, the highest viewed U.S. soccer match in the history of American soccer when the U.S. plays England Friday at 2 o'clock. So make your Black Friday headquarters, no, not the mall. You can online shop and then get your little behind out here to Stormhouse Brewing and watch the U.S. and England tangle on Friday right here at Stormhouse Brewing. So, in short, Come hang with us at Stormhouse Brewing and watch the U.S. and Wales Group Stage World Cup starting at 2 o'clock. What was the biggest example of dog crap in sports this weekend? Person or team? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's kick things off on the phones with Larry in Boynton. What's up, Larry? Hey, how you doing, Ken? Good, brother. I have to say the, the, the biggest dog crap move was the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. The Cowboys went in there like Debo from Fridays and snatched <laughs> that chain right off Kirk Cousins' neck. That was a total Debo move. You're totally right. To go and win the way you did against the Bills and then to come home and absolutely face plant, just lay an egg, that and appreciate the call, Larry. I mean, Stone, that is, that's why when we talk about Kirk Cousins, there are still yet to be enough converts to make him someone that people believe can win a championship because of things like that. And there's been the discussion about, oh, well, the Vikings, 7-1, uh, 7-1. and, one, seven and one. Look at that record. Thompson, the NFC North, but they still feel a bit fraudulent. 
I don't know if I necessarily agree with that take, because if you're 7-1, and one, you're 7-1, and one, but that doesn't help the pro-Vikings argument yesterday. That was a complete no-show, and that game was over immediately. Immediately, and if you were to tell me in Week 11 that both quarterbacks wouldn't finish a game, I would have told you it was because of injury, not because the score was 40-3. Right, because Dak actually is getting rest, yeah, and Kirk Cousins yeah. is getting rest because he did nothing. Yeah, to be honest, there are fantasy football managers around oh, the yeah. country who lost because Dak Prescott got taken out of the game with 10 minutes left in the fourth. You got your running backs, Tony Paul. Everyone's on the bench because it's just a complete abomination of a performance from the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousin, 12 of 23 with 105 yards. He sacked seven times. Micah Parsons in this defense is equivalent to somebody's offense. Like, name me a Detroit Lions or a New York Giants offense. Like, they are as impactful as it, on the scoreboard. On the scoreboard, yeah. as a lot of these teams' offenses. Yeah, Minnesota Vikings, that's 100% a dog bleep performance. The Minnesota Vikings, that was dog crap. Tennessee Volunteers, dog crap. Jets offense, Zach Wilson, dog crap, dog crap. <laughs> what was your dog crap that you saw this weekend, either player or team? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And again, not my word, Robert Sala's word, to describe his offense. Zach, Zach, do you take responsibility for the fact that uh, you threw for minus 21 yards in the second half and your team only put three points? Ah, oh, no, no. Robert Sala, how would you describe your quarterback in the offense? Dog crap. That's all you need to know. Who is the dog crap? What was the dog crap you saw most this weekend in sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at KLV1063 for however long it survived. Uh, or, again, 888-760-3776. It's joint pain affecting your quality of life at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Their team's experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptisthealthnet slash ortho today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit Baptist Health Net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. We are in North Palm Beach. It's Stormhouse Brewing at 1 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3. We debut Stars and Stripes today. The only terrestrial radio show in South Florida for the World Cup this time around. So it'll be myself, Julian Zaldivar, Elias Bustamante. This will be aired an hour before every United States kickoff in the World Cup. Stars and Stripes today starts at 1 o'clock here from Stormhouse Brewing. We'll be out live, have some beers, cheer on the U.S. with us as well. Vaughn and Royal Palm, Corey in Miami, hang on. We got you. When we come back, they'll let us know the dog crap they saw this weekend, player or team. And again, Robert Sala, bless you for the topic on this Monday. He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. We are at beautiful Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach, and we're live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Stormhouse Brewing, North Palm Beach. We are locked in for the U.S. and Wales. It gets going at 2 o'clock. We have the ESPN West Palm Street team out here. Stormhouse Brewing, U.S. 1, Crystal Cove Commons. We are raffling off a U.S. soccer kit. We have a whole bunch of prizes out here. 
at Stormhouse Brewing. So it's not just to hang and drink a bit and watch some soccer with myself and Stone and the ESPN West Palm team. It's also you can win some stuff as well. That, if I may say so myself, is a draw. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, let me uh, make sure that I am telling you about the Chef's Tailgate. Chef's Tailgate, Boca Ratombo Chef's Tailgate coming up on the 29th of November. And this will be in Boca Raton. Dozens of uh, local restaurants with food and beverage at the Chef's Tailgate rescheduled till November 29th. I'm emceeing it. Everything will start at 6 o'clock. That's November 29th. Spirit of Giving. Spiritofgiving.com is how you get your tickets. Spirit of Giving for the Boca Raton Bowl Chef's Tailgate, November the 29th. What was your dog crap performance from the weekend? Because Robert Sala, that's his exact word to describe the Jets' offense yesterday, and his quarterback, Zach Wilson. Yeah, it was dog crap. It was, and it's the reason the Jets lost. It is the reason the Jets lost. That defense was immaculate. That offense, dog crap. What was your dog crap performance? Stone says it was Tennessee going to South Carolina and getting absolutely smacked. I mean smacked. College football dreams dashed over dead six feet deep into hell. That's what Tennessee's <laughs> college football playoff hopes. Uh, that's what's happened to them. Uh, but there's a number, a number of crap performances. Not just crap, though. Dog crap performances. What are yours? Player, team, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Corey's in Miami, and he's on Kendall Vick Alive. What's up, Corey? Oh, my name's Dave. Hey, uh, I give it to the Hurricanes all the way around. <laughs> Yeah. Back yeah. in the day, you used to say something about the Hurricanes, we were fighting. Now you say something about them, we were fighting. Sorry. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> I, I tell you, I, I, and honestly, this is how far it's fallen. I, this is an actual conversation I had with my wife on Sunday. She's a season ticket holder for the Canes, doesn't miss a game. I didn't see any of the game because I was calling FAU at Middle Tennessee State, speaking of another Canes failure this year. And I said, so – just how out of control did the game get against Clemson? She goes, well, they were within two scores to start the fourth quarter. And I said, oh, well, that's good. <laughs> that's how far the Canes have fallen if I'm finding that to be successful. Like, that's, that's a, it, like I, I don't know how we've gotten to that point and appreciate the call. But, I mean, Stone, I legitimately felt great joy for the Canes that they were within two scores against Clemson to start the fourth quarter. My, have the expectations plummeted into the core of the planet. Listen, that's optimistic thinking from your wife there because this was... Well, that was for me. That was for me. I know, but I mean... And like, I'm the hey, ultimate pessimist. But to even throw that out in the air, like, hey, they were down two scores. They were never, They were never ever in that game. ...within striking distance yeah. of even making it close. It, but, to, okay... Here's how I took it. So I actually did bet Clemson side, which I didn't feel happy doing. But Mario's out there. He's got, I think, 16 freshmen in the lineup that are mixing in and out of there. Ja'Kari Brown, yeah, great. You beat Georgia Tech. Good for you. But this was not going to he be. He was not good, right? Absolutely not. Clemson has one of the best defenses yeah, in the country. That was this, not going to go well. This was a dog bleep 
storm waiting <laughs> before <laughs> before kickoff. It was a, a it was raining cats and dog bleep. Like Cristobal's goal was not even to be competitive in this game. I think he wanted to put some things on tape. He wanted to see who had what. He wanted to see some of his better defensive players come out and shine a little bit. He didn't want to win this game. There was not one point wire to wire where I thought Miami was in this game. But let's take it a step further. Let's go the entire state of Florida. Let's talk about those Florida Gators. Who did they lose to? <laughs> Vanderbilt. For the first time uh -huh. since 1955, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Vanderbilt. Uh -huh. They go ahead and lose to them. Let's go to UCF. Uh -huh. Who do they lose uh, to? That would be Navy. That would be Navy yeah, yeah. without a pass completion. The Navy quarterback ended the game 0 for 1 yeah. through the air, and UCF lost By the that way, game. Uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction right here on Ken Levick Alive at 12.39 p.m. Eastern time on November the 21st, 2022. Okay? This is my bold prediction. This is Nikosi Perry's final year at FAU. My bold prediction is that next year's quarterback at Florida Atlantic is the man who was benched by UCF on Saturday, John Rice Plumley? And now, why do you say that? Because I don't hate it. I, I just don't have hate a feeling. It. I don't know why I say that. I just feel like if Mikey Keene's going to be the guy and they right. have another big name coming in and John Rice Plumley gets pushed out of favor, uh, FAU's offensive coordinator, Brent Deerman, used to work under Gus Melzon at Auburn. I just have a feeling that John Rice Plumley. I don't know any insight. I'm just speculating. John Rice Plumley could be FAU's quarterback next well, year. Well, he's most definitely hitting the transfer portal. How that Orlando crowd treated him, I've never oh. seen anything more disrespectful oh. in my entire life. Now, did I think it was warranted? Of course, <laughs> because there was are, it respectful. No, was it warranted? Sure, because there are expectations for a Gus Malzahn-led UCF team. Like you think they can score a lot of points. That game would have secured them the Atlantic. Coming off of a win against Tulane last week. They're riding high. You're thinking very highly of this team, and they went out and laid an egg at home against the Navy team. He's most definitely a portal kid going into this season, so I can get behind that. I do think John Reese Plum Plumbling heads out of town and finds himself somewhere else. If it's Boca Raton, so be it. Silent Assassin, go ahead and mark that so I can go back <laughs> and revel in it, or I can get made fun of about it uh, about seven months from now. Uh, Vaughn in Royal Palm. Vaughn in Royal Palm is up next. Uh, no Vaughn, no Vaughn. What about Luke in Royal Palm? What's yeah, up, Luke? Yeah, How are you, buddy? Man, I'm good, man. I just got off work, and I'm about to have me a drink. Let's go, what? man. C come, come to Stormhouse man. Brewing in North Palm, man. Come hang with us. We'll watch the World Cup, and we'll hang out here at Stormhouse Brewing. If you already got this on, uh, planned out, you might as well come hang with us. All right, I'll come up there, man. I'll bring my brother-in-law. We'll, we'll slide up there. Let's go, Luke. Who, uh, who is your uh, your dog crap performance of the weekend? If, if I may say, in the NFL wise, the Kansas City Chiefs, man. I don't know what is going on with that team in that loss yesterday to, to the Chargers, like five and five or five and four. But that was embarrassing, man. What was the score to that, that game, brother? What was the score? Wait, to that did game? you fall asleep early last night? Um, no, 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 no. The score, I can tell you the score, I just saw it too. The score was like 20 to 13, man. It was crazy. Uh, Luke, I got good news for you. Are you a Chiefs fan? No, no, I'm actually a Dolphins fan. I'm oh. sorry, 30 to 27. 30 to 27. The Chiefs actually came back and won. They won that game. It wasn't pretty, but Pat Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things, and uh, uh, they, they won. Oh, thanks for the update, man. I don't know what my dad was <laughs> calling me. Yeah, okay, no, all right. I, 
Okay, okay. All is that. good. All, all is, is good, good brother. No, all is good. You don't have to dog crap them. It's okay. It, it, it only took Patrick Mahomes got the ball with a minute 46, and he did the same thing Patrick Mahomes always does. Appreciate the call, Bad Luke. One. We'll see you at Stormhouse Brewing. Appreciate you, and I'm glad I'm glad we could get you caught up on the day's events in sports. So that's what we're here to do. <laughs> if you get the school wrong, if you fell asleep in the third quarter, call <laughs> us up. We'll let you know how it played out. That's going to be a new segment. Um, uh, we've got to come up with a a fun name for it um but we're gonna do a segment where because i know sunday night football is late oh yeah and we'll do this um for every sporting event that comes on late like <laughs> after 8 30 okay we'll do a segment where if you fell asleep and you missed it you can call stone and i and we will give you a recap of what you missed once you went to sleepy time yeah it'll give a chance for listeners to when they wake up be like oh what happened oh wait no hold on i'm gonna call I, ken let Levick me just alive. call ken ken levick alive i know ken and stone have me taken care of should i be mad or should i be happy i don't know let me call ken because dog crap is the complete opposite word you would use to yeah. describe this Chiefs performance. Yeah. yeah, they get played tough. It's a good Chargers team. I know they're 5-5 five and five now, but if there's a minute left, if there's a second left, yeah. and you have Patty Mahomes under center, you're A-OK. -okay. Yeah. It was inevitable they were going to go down and score <laughs> that touchdown. It was inevitable Travis Kelsey was going to find the end zone more than one time. Uh -huh. The Chiefs team's good, and their Super Bowl odds went down. So, Luke, don't worry, brother. They're looking good. <laughs> Dave is in Hope Sound. What's going on, Dave? Do you need an update from the game last night? Hey, Ken, let me tell you. You want to know what my crap was? My Michigan State spark. Oh, boy. 24-7 to lead. Yep. Chance to clinch a bowl berth. They get outscored 24-7 to and miss a field goal with no time left and then blow it in double overtime. Oh, Completely man. pathetic performance. Yeah. Against Indiana. Against Indiana. That's the kicker is that it's not like this was against Michigan or Ohio right. State. No, this was Indiana. You're exactly right. And this happened at home. And you had multiple yeah. opportunities to put it away. And just to add insult to injury, uh, I'm sure for you as a Michigan State fan, Michigan coming back to beat Illinois with a full red carpet from the officials probably didn't feel real good on your Saturday either. It just, it just shot it all to hell. <laughs> Dave, appreciate the call. It just shot it all to hell. <laughs> Dave, I can't tell you how many times I've been there, brother. I know how that goes. Just shot it all to hell. I'm not going to lie. I'm slowly but surely falling in love with this segment. I think it needs to be a weekly thing because Monday sucks for everybody yeah. that you have to go into work. Dark crap Mondays here on <laughs> Ken LeVick Alive. <laughs> but everybody has their team right. And it, don't worry if it's the five and six Michigan State Spartans. We got you. We got you. You can air it out. We'll let you know how Bro, bad it was to lose to Robert an Indiana Sala, team. Robert Sala on a silver platter yep. handed us. A new segment every Monday. Dog Crap Mondays here on Ken Levick Alive. Kevin is in Lake Worth. What's up, Kev? How we doing, guys? Good, brother. All right. So the dog crap is how could the Dolphins get blown out by the Baltimore Ravens? <laughs> oh, okay, Kevin, are we really going to do this, man? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start. Oh, I'm sorry. That, oh, they, wait, they came back. They came yeah, back. Yeah, oh, they okay. did. <laughs> they did. They did. They did. Uh, Kevin, we need to help naming this segment. Um, so we may need to reconnect uh, on Wednesday because I do think that I love this new idea of us filling people in on what happened after they fell asleep. I think it's a total no-brainer. Appreciate the call, Kevin. Um, so so I, I also, speaking of no Dolphins yesterday, the Dolphins on a bye week, I didn't realize how much it sucks when your team's good to have a bye week. 
Why do you say that? I missed the Dolphins so much yesterday. For Yeah, they were tweeting out Waddle gifts and all of this stuff. And I I'm like, it. wow, we'd be experiencing this offense score more touchdowns. Instead, we got to watch oh. the Giants get blown out to the Lions. We got to watch this Jets Patriots dog game. Crap. The Giants are dog crap. <laughs> the Giants are dog crap. Are they starting to even out? Yeah, I mean, uh, regress to the mean, right? Like, yeah. this is what we expected of them. And what we saw yesterday was more so of the – like, if they were a 3-7 and seven team right now yeah. and they gave that performance, nobody would be shocked. Right. But right. now that they have seven wins under their belt, it's a big deal. Yeah. But the Giants are most definitely in this conversation. I'm sure I'm, – I'm – Weirded out that we haven't heard from a few callers that are Giants Well, they're fans. hiding because they're being soft. For sure. It's a Jets-Giants. They're definitely down in the bunker right now, batting down the hatches. The Giants definitely should be mentioned here. But when you keep going down the list, I mean, we're just going to not even talk about this guy, Russell Wilson, anymore. Like, we don't even have to talk about him. I feel they, like they can't score. They boo him. It's one of the worst teams in the NFL, oh. and we've stopped talking about it because they're so bad. His, his ship has sailed. His, his ship is made out of dog crap. <laughs> And it is, it is floating right now down the Colorado River and headed to yes. – where does the Colorado River head to? Don't ask me. Um, but the Hoover headed- Dam, the Hoover Dam, and I think that then it eventually makes its way to the Rio Grande. I don't know. Either way, he has a canoe. It's a canoe made of dog crap, and there's no paddles, and he is listlessly floating towards oblivion. When's the last time you've seen somebody play themselves out of being a Hall of Famer? <laughs> is it possible that he is playing himself out of being a Hall His of Famer? His legacy is almost torched, and oh, we're only 11 man. weeks through the season, but, you know, they pay him the chunk of change, and here comes the savior, right? The only missing piece. This defense is so good. They'd, <sighs> they'd have eight wins if he scored 18 points. Yeah. Here they are scoring 16, losing an OT to a really, really bad Las Vegas Raiders team. I want to talk to Josh Brinzo, the man from Stormhouse Brewing. Let's take a break and do that when we come back before Stars and Stripes today gets going. By the way, a late goal for the Dutch. The Netherlands leads Senegal 1-0, 88th minute in Qatar. U.S., Wales, 2 o'clock. Stars and Stripes today starts 1 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3. Josh Brinzo from Stormhouse. When we come back, he's Stone the Banowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. United States has its starting 11, take on Wales at 2 o'clock. Group stage, World Cup in Qatar. We are here at Stormhouse Brewing. We are watching USA and Wales here at Stormhouse Brewing. Well, obviously, right now we're broadcasting live from Stormhouse Brewing, North Palm Beach, Crystal Cove Commons, US 1, half mile south of PGA Boulevard. The mighty English with a blowout victory earlier today, beating Iran. It'll be the U.S. and England Friday at 2 o'clock. Stormhouse Brewing is where you should be watching that. It is going to be the highest-rated American soccer match in U.S. television history, so catch it here at Stormhouse Brewing, where between the U.S. and the English, our fine friends from across the pond, they're going to turn to enemies on Friday, and it is absolutely heartbreaking to me. But that is going to be an awesome experience, but the U.S. has a tough test in front of it today. Wales, Stars and Stripes today begins at 1 o'clock here at Stormhouse Brewing. But uh, let's bring in our friends from Stormhouse Brewing, Josh Brinzo, Preston Ross, and they're hanging with us here. Uh, so first off, gentlemen, thank you for having us out here. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate yeah. it. This is... The pinnacle of 
World Cup watching, soccer watching venues in all of South Florida. I have been to many of them. Um, and this one, it's almost like you guys built this out to be one of those places <laughs> yes. where after a dramatic U.S. goal, someone has their, their camera phone and they're shooting it as people go wild in here. The TVs, the open space, all the seating, the elongated bar. Uh, you guys made this for events like this. I think so. Uh, eight years ago when Preston and I were driving around Baylor's campus getting excited about going to Brazil. <laughs> Sorry about the loss, by the way, yeah, this well, weekend. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we didn't need that reminder. <laughs> and, and he didn't have to do that. That was cold. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This place was definitely a vision of mine way back when but the whole point is you get everyone together you have a great time what better way to come together than some u.s soccer no I mean, doubt. everyone's rooting for the same team so you can't have it any better no doubt uh by the way sausage platters are special here today at stormhouse brewery not only the craft beer brewed on site but the full food menu the english meat pies preston brought them by last week they mm -hmm. are double the size of stone's already gigantic head <laughs> it is well well worth preston in the office when you had brought them in i was fending people off like no nope they're mine and i was claiming both of them <laughs> yeah, at one point yeah. i ate them and then you, you ate them down both. the hatch Oh, I, wow. I ate pretty much right both there. of them. Yep. I've already had one today, guys, and I'm I'm a little struggling right now. So <laughs> we got to work through it. It's not. We still have an hour till game time. I was going to say you're going to have to pace yourself not with the beer but with the, with meat, the pies. meat pies. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, by the way, all day happy hour here at Stormhouse Brewing as well. The all day happy hour, uh, the full food menu, and the craft beer brewed on site by the master brewer, who by the way was trained in Germany. So let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, what are what is your gut gut feel? U.S. and Wales here, Preston. Uh, I'll start us off. I think. That that we're going to win 2-1 to one today. Uh, I said it on the show earlier. I think that Pulisic's going to score. I think McKenney's going to score. I think that the way the U.S. has been playing, our form isn't great, so I'm expecting it to come from set pieces. McKenney is a monster in the sure. air, so yep. I think that we'll score off a corner, and I think that we'll get a penalty. Pulisic will put it away. I expect, you know, it's very classic Gareth Bale. He'll probably get a late goal, uh, but I think that we hold him off. 2-1, right. I'm staying positive today. I like the lineup that just dropped, too. So. All right, Josh. So we've got Josh Sargent, a surprise starter in the 11, up top of the formation. Uh, where do you see this one going against Wales? You know what? I actually feel confident about Josh Sargent being in there. He's been tearing it up this season, and I actually think he will score. I had 2-1 the other day as well. I think Pulisic probably does score. It's the perfect stage for him. I Love mean, to hear what it. better spot for him? And All he's right. Stormhouse Brewing legend. But exactly. I'm going 2-1. <laughs> I absolutely think it's either going to be Ramsey that scores, though. Um, okay. Gareth Bale's going to play great, okay. but I, I see Ramsey stepping up and doing something there. All right. So. And by the way, Pulisic, he has been here at Stormhouse oh, yeah. Brewing. Oh, yeah. uh, yes. He has enjoyed himself at Stormhouse Brewing. So he is not only the American fan favorite, but Stormhouse Brewing is fully supporting Christian Pulisic at all times. Yeah, we have his jersey in the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> retired the man. We retired. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So uh, the U.S. is trying to do great damage to the United Kingdom. First to Wales and then against England on Friday. It is the United States and Wales coming up at 2 o'clock. Guys, again, thank you as uh, the Netherlands scores a second late. Thank you so much for having us out here. I can't wait. Uh, we are de debuting our World Cup show in mere moments yes. here, so we appreciate you having us out here. Absolutely. And then can't wait to, uh, to enjoy some pints with you guys and oh, see a U.S. victory good. today. We can't wait. Awesome. Josh Brinzo, Preston Ross here at Stormhouse Brewing. That'll do it for Ken Levick Alive. We'll return. Julian Zaldivar, Elias Bustamante, join me here at Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm for Stars and Stripes today. U.S. and Wales coming up at 2 o'clock. We'll talk to you in mere moments. This is ESPN 106.3.